podcast is a view into our lives as moms, social entrepreneurs, and best friends who hold nothing back. We talk about all the things our world has tried to keep silent. Things like our bodies and all the stages and phases we go through, entrepreneurship, parenting, and how it all intersects with life. Each podcast, we catch up with each other, and then we interview someone who pushes us to learn something new. Today, we're talking to Zeal Desai, founder of Green Periods. We get real with periods and menstrual products. Stay tuned for After Our Chit Chat. Hey, how are you? I'm good. How are you? Great. You know, I just moved. Yeah. So finally got a house in a neighborhood we like that we think we'll be in for a really long time. So that feels good because we've moved so much with our three kids over the last 10 years. But I did something that I kind of feel ashamed of. Oh, no. (laughs) And I didn't ever think I would do. But now I'm like, I don't ever want to go back. And I feel even silly saying it because it sounds so dramatic. It's not really dramatic. But (laughs) I'm like cleaning my laundry room, like scrubbing. You know, Mm -hmm. you get into a new house, like where people live. You're like scrubbing the hell out of everything. And I'm like doing laundry and washing like, you know, rugs and all the things. And I'm like, I want laundry detergent that is going to make my clothes smell good what and i broke down and i bought (laughs) tide this is new for you yeah so ever since you know i had my first 12 years ago i mean even before that i think i was using seventh generation or something like non-toxic even though that's probably actually a little toxic but you know basically i use like something that has no smell whatsoever and is the least toxic I can find online. Yeah. And my husband just looked at me and was like, what the fuck is this? What's happening to you? And I'm like, I need to smell like it's clean. Like a new smell. So did you go with original or like mountain fresh? Oh, so I went like all out and I got the (laughs) pod With like the three things in it. I couldn't even tell you what they all are, but I think one's a softener and one's probably for stains and one's, I don't know, I'm making it up. Yeah. And everything smells like Tide, which smells like my mother. So the kids are like, oh my God, everything smells like Mumum's house. And like, they're so excited about that. And I kind of am too. And I'm like, will I ever go back? I don't know. I mean, I, so Gain is my mom and my sister. And Mm -hmm. so when I smell Gain, I'm like, oh childhood I totally get that but you're in it you're in it deep I'm in it you are I don't know if Ari will allow it like and I say that lightly right like I mean if I really tell him I'm tied forever but (laughs) (laughs) it's I think more bothersome to him like he doesn't have that memory right um, of that smell and things that smell really you know floral or whatever get to him um he's much more sensitive to that stuff but right now I'm going to enjoy every freaking pot you I should. throw in that laundry. It's insane how it makes the clothes. It really does. We associate these smells with the feeling of that they're so clean. Yeah. However, I think they are more clean because like you, we've used the natural shit for years and I battle stains all the time. And so like, are, are the stains coming out? Do you feel like everything looks more clean? Maybe when I'm not also unpacking 100 boxes a day, I right. could give you, you that information. I'm not sure. <laughs> right now, I'm just focused on the smell. And like, you know, even just the towels. Oh, yeah. Oh, my God. It's it's <laughs> heavenly. I you remember Dreft? Dreft for yes, babies? for the babies, which I think also is like not free and clear. No, it was hot pink. It was yeah. like the color of bubble gum. And we were told to get something free and clear would get baby draft yeah and it was not free and clear but that smell it smelled like a newborn's head I mean I can remember washing my floor with like Earl Grey tea (laughs) you know and now I'm like oh here comes the tide where's the pine salt (laughs) fabulosa oh my god you're in it 
All right. So as you're talking about your toxic detergent, <laughs> you just switched to after a long time of not using it. Today, we're talking to somebody about sustainable period products and saving our planet. Yes. So now I feel even more guilty is <laughs> the point. Guilty. Actually, so we're talking to Zeal today. Um, she is the founder of Green Periods. Um, one thing that I love about that we talk about with her is this... Um, if everybody just did a little bit, we mm-hmm. would make bigger right. changes and with our earth as opposed to like one person doing everything to save the planet. So don't feel bad about your pods. Right. So okay. maybe like once a week I could have good <laughs> smelling laundry. Do it on the towels. But exactly. But- like on every odd Thursday <laughs> or something. Toxic Tuesday. Right. <laughs> But if we could all reduce just a little, it does make a difference. It does make a difference. And yeah, I, um, I think our conversation with Zeal is fascinating. I love what they're doing. Um, this calculator that they have created so everyone can fill in information and see what we're contributing and how we can make changes, um, which I think is really powerful. Awesome. Yeah. Let's get to it. Let's do it. Zeal Desai is the co-founder of Green Periods, an initiative to create awareness around sustainable menstruation. She is the co-creator of the Menstrual Footprint Calculator that quantifies the individual economic and ecologic impact of menstruation. Zeal speaks five languages and has lived and worked on three continents. She got her master's in management from Duke University and her bachelor's from the University of Texas at Austin. As a certified yoga teacher, reusable menstrual product user for the last 10 years, and an advocate for sustainability, she is passionate about learning and leading a healthy and meaningful life interconnected with nature. We're so happy you can join us today. You know, it was great to meet you in person recently and hear about your work, and we're excited that you'll be joining us at the Born Into This conference. Uh, But we are so excited to talk about periods and period products with you and sustainable periods at that and I I really was curious if we could just start there like green periods 101 what does that mean why do we even need to think about sustainability when it comes to our periods because I think this might be a new concept for a lot of folks yeah absolutely great question and that is the whole reason why we exist in the first place (laughs) Mm -hmm. so uh, basically what we have for figures today with uh, the amount of money and waste that is being generated globally is just outstanding. It's very eye-opening. So approximately $40 billion are spent on disposable menstrual products alone. This was from 2020 globally. Wow. And then Green Periods did an estimation that 30 billion pounds or 14 billion kilograms uh, are ending up in landfills just from disposable products and even oceans. This is every single year. And we saw that there wasn't any organization or uh, any kind of uh, authoritative voice out there that was really actively quantifying these uh, impacts uh, around sustainable menstruation and also there is a whole taboo around this topic, as we all know. So we decided that there needed to be more talk about sustainability and especially how it is associated with menstruation or the lack of it, if you will. So there's a big need for education. Uh, We already know that humankind is on the verge of uh, a big climate crisis. we have this big threat uh, that we've never faced before. It's unprecedented with climate change. And now with the pandemic, I think more people are becoming aware that everything is connected, right? The climate um, and humans and the environment. If we do not take care of what is around us, uh, we have dire consequences to suffer. So it's not all doom and gloom, right? Uh, We have, power to change things. And I think it's that little stepping stone where if you have something as personal as menstruation, and that is a very individual choice. It's something that anybody can really wake up 
our that is our utopic kind of a idea that anybody should be able to get up in the morning and decide that they want to use sustainable products going forward so that they're also accessible at the same time so the second piece uh to this problem around menstruation is that of period poverty apart from the climate uh, change. So we know that a lot of people have trouble even getting access to your traditional disposable or whatever products that are out there. And then sustainability kind of adds a whole different layer of complexity. And we try to change that by creating education and awareness around these sustainable products that are really not being talked about a lot. Uh, and also perhaps because there's a lot of taboo around menstruation yeah. and also the kind of marketing that has happened historically with your traditional multinational companies who produce the disposable products that just made period seem like a very uh, dirty and un kind of uh, unsanitary, yeah. quote unquote, topic. Uh, and I think that is where we kind of come in and we try to dispel those myths and the stigma mm -hmm. that is uh, really pervasive in the in the menstrual ecosystem. And uh, we really want to try to make menstruators understand that periods are something that we can have fun with. And instead of loathing that time of the month, we can start to change that relationship with our periods and start loving them. Because that's what a lot of the testimonials that we have gathered around this sphere have really uh, made green periods into what it is today, that mm -hmm. people started with these really bad experiences, right? I hate my periods. I mean, you have Olympians right now. Uh, there is a Jamaican Olymp Olympian who just did an op-ed on Newsweek. And uh, she said that she hates um, when she gets her periods. She's a gymnast, right? And I don't blame her. But the reason why she hates her period is because she uses a tampon and the string kind of sticks out in her leotard. And it shouldn't have to be like that because there are other alternatives to your disposable tampons. Uh, for instance, you have a menstrual cup, you have sea sponges, you have reusable discs. There's just a host of products out there that really make periods so much better and so much more manageable. Uh, and that's what we're trying to um, get the word out with green periods. I love it. I have to say, I am one of those women who really does love their period. Yeah. <laughs> um, I Yay! not only had a like amazing association with it when I was a young person, but for whatever reason, and I know this is not everyone's feelings, but I was that girl who was like praying and hoping that, you know, I would get my period and I got it a little later than everyone else. So I thought maybe I would never get it, but I finally did. And you, my how parents, old were you again? I was 14, 14. Okay. And, um, my stepfather brought me flowers and ice cream and my mom bought me like pads and tampons and like all the things. And we had like a celebration at dinner. <laughs> <laughs> and so I started out, wow. I started out on a positive note. Um, I also think for me, I've never had a really painful or heavy period. So I think that helps mm -hmm. too with keeping it kind of not too disruptive. Yeah. Um, mm -hmm. And then also as a woman and, you know, as I grew into an adult, tracking my period led me to so much more information about my body. Um, and so like now I use the Flow app, which I love and... Um, I feel like it's like this window into information yeah. every month that I can learn more about myself and how my body's changing and um, that kind of puzzle to it and, and that window I see as an opportunity. Um, and so I, it's hard for me sometimes to hear these stories that are so painful, but mm -hmm. I know that not only in American culture is talking about your period a taboo and stigmatized, but also globally. And yeah. I'm wondering if you could share more about in other cultures, um, what, what did you learn when really diving into this 
in a global way? Yeah, that's a great question. So uh, I've lived in a couple of different places around the world uh, in three continents. I come from India and uh, I can talk to you about India and how things are like over there. So we have a very different um, and diverse beliefs. Uh, it's a very complex country and culture because it's like having many different countries within the same country because of how big it is and just how diverse uh, the landscape and uh, culture is over there. So you have some places in India where whenever um, a person starts menstruating, there is a big ceremony and just kind of like what your stepfather did and your family, uh, they're trying to celebrate it and uh, you know put a very positive kind of a spin to uh, you know being initiated into uh, you know uh, puberty or whatever it might be. So in India, you have uh, one segment of the society that kind of celebrates periods, but then you have another side of things where the religious context has been really uh, misinterpreted a lot, and uh, there has been a lot of uh, controversy around this. So there was a whole event where uh, there was a temple where women were not allowed to enter whatsoever. Mm -hmm. And it's it's a very important place of worship. So uh, after thousands of years of uh, that, you know, uh, idea having been in the popular culture where menstruating people are not supposed to enter uh, religious places, there were two women who actually ended up uh, entering the temple and it was it was a big kind of a controversial scandalous kind of an event it was all over the national news uh, and people started to really think about what periods mean to different people mm -hmm. and to different uh, religions and how to interpret um, the religious text because there's not many places um, within the religion that really explicitly says that, you know, women need to be uh, either segregated, even socially, which happens in Nepal as well, it happens in certain parts of India. But at the same time, you have a whole growing um, sector of the society in India as well, where not only menstruation, but sustainable menstruation has been a very hot topic. Mm -hmm. We've seen a documentary from India that won an Oscar uh, two years ago, period, end of a sentence, right? You have the movie called Padman. <laughs> uh, that's all about periods and a man inventing biodegradable pads. And it's based on a true story, by the way. So uh, you have the second largest country in the world where it's becoming a huge um, movement. It's almost revolutionary. A lot of organizations are working towards uh, breaking the taboos. And even I feel that from the research that I've done, India is uh, the place where sustainable menstruation has been a very popular concept and a lot of organizations are actively working on on uh, on making that more accessible to people so so that's India then if we talk about uh, the North America right which is where we're uh, based out of so you have uh, organizations like period.org or even other similar organizations that are and, and even uh, BTI BIT uh, and then you have your doula training, uh, like we have mentioned in our talks before, that try to make these products, period products, accessible to, right. to people out there. So you have 60% of menstruators, according to a recent study in the U.S., uh, in, a, in, a, in St. Louis, if I'm not mistaken, that uh, don't have access to period products. They're having to choose between buying food or period mm. products. Wow. So this... This issue is pretty big. And the reason then kind of how we come into pictures with the sustainable uh, menstruation, you don't have the need for these recurring costs associated with your disposable product purchase every single month. And on average, a menstruator uh, has their cycle, their menstrual cycle for 40 years. It's a long time. Uh, a, Huge. It's like seven years, if you did the math, uh, that we spend menstruating wow. over a lifetime. 
if you added up the days. Wow. Yeah, it's a lot. And uh, we're looking at, if you look at individual numbers then, uh, which we can talk more in detail about later, uh, we're looking at about $3,000 on average that people are spending just on menstrual products. So, so that's the North American landscape, right? And then uh, you have Latin America, for instance, uh, where it's still very taboo in most mm -hmm. places around here. Uh, sustainable menstrual, I'm actually in Mexico right now. And uh, I, yeah, and, and I have had some conversations uh, around this topic over here. And uh, it's, it's still very much a taboo. There's, you go to a grocery store or a convenience store and you go to your uh, sanitary uh, product aisle or whatever they call it, feminine hygiene, which is so mm -hmm. wrong in the first place. Right. So wrong. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, anyway, you go to the aisles for menstrual products and you don't see any option whatsoever for reusables unless you go to your little ecological uh, stores yeah, really that are not very, yeah, that are not very accessible for, for a lot of people to begin with. Mm -hmm. So you really have to seek it out. Yeah, it's really interesting. Like I went to, I haven't been to Target in a long time because of the pandemic, but I went in person a couple months ago and I feel like the the period product aisle really changed. And something I noticed was a lot more organic, like natural biodegradable options, but no, still very, very, very little reusable products like a menstrual cup mm -hmm. or a cloth pad. And I just kind of like stopped me where I was like, I, it's, it's, it just feels years behind. Right. Where we're like, I'm glad mm -hmm. now that organic menstrual products are more mainstream when before it was like, was it nature care? Like nature care? No, was like, mm -hmm. Wasn't it like OB or something? Was OB an organic? Yeah. One? Yeah. They were the, OB, like when I was young, care. was the only yeah. thing. And it was like, oh my God, you're not going to use an applicator? Oh yeah. I still can't finger yeah. up your <laughs> vaginal canal. Like that was such a big deal. Like you so would be the one girl using it and everyone was like, <gasps> but it was so small in your backpack too. Yeah. That's the best thing about the OBs. <laughs> They're so tiny. Right. And it wasn't this giant thing that, oh God, I remember hiding like um, tampons up my sleeve to go to the bathroom when I was like mm -hmm. in high school, just cause I'm like, you didn't want anyone to see. Now I would probably just like, you know, loudly have it out in my hands and not out worry and about proud it. With uh, out tampon. proud with your tampon. Yeah. <laughs> sing a little song in the bathroom but I just, exactly it's just it's still it's still like for us like we're in this world we we it, like we're very passionate about reproductive health and it, it, it makes me so excited like actually this morning I am on day two of my period I'm so proud that I have my period for this podcast seal uh, <laughs> me too I'm on day four and it almost always happens I'm I'm having these um you know podcast recordings or some event and it has to coincide with my period it must be a sign so it must be it's like, I mean hey. <laughs> that's funny I'm looking at my flow app and I will not have my period for 11 more days so the two of you yeah. are on your own there and Tara Tara loops <laughs> around me a lot because I have a very long cycle um and she has a very like a shorter cycle um so we, we sometimes sync up but not not always but I was like I was excited this morning because um I, I wear period underwear at night mm -hmm. and in the morning I get into the shower and I put it on the bottom of the shower and I just like let the water do its job of like washing out the blood. Mm -hmm. And I was nice. like, I love that I'm doing this this morning. And uh, I remember someone told me that trick like for a menstrual cup or reusable underwear is like just bring it in the shower with you and you don't have to sit there in mm -hmm. the sink and rinse it out or whatever. Hope it doesn't splash mm -hmm. somewhere on your wall or exactly, something. Exactly. Exactly. Oh, it's nice. Yeah. And it just feels easy. And then at the end of the shower, I like wring it out, put it in the wash and we're good to go. But, um, I feel like that switch to menstrual cups personally, I did that so long ago. Um, yeah. In my early twenties that I still feel like I'm, telling people about reusable products and they just still don't mm -hmm. know it exists. And I'm like, how, like, I, and again, like it's being talked about more and more, but I'm like, what is that one thing that can just push us over the edge to like make these more mainstream products? And then the backups are the pads and tampons, the disposable ones. <laughs> yeah. Um, so that's, that's a hard one, right? Because there's a, 
huge uh, marketing camp campaign yeah. around disposable products still and uh, I think we've been really brainwashed into just thinking that uh, you have the blue kind of liquid that just gets absorbed somehow. <laughs> Isn't that funny that we've all been brainwashed to think it's blue? Yeah, <laughs> yeah it's crazy. Uh, I think I think those kinds of images are hard to erase. Right. Yeah. Um, and, and I think that uh, the more we talk about these things, just the fact that we, the three of us are just sitting here together and just mm-hmm. having these really uh, open and candid conversations around what we uh, what our experiences have been. Right. And what we uh, have gone through and what other people might be going through um, and, and, and just even sharing these kinds of uh, ideas that, okay, periods, you know, you can celebrate them. Yeah, you might have a lot of pain around, you know, not everybody's gonna love their periods. I mean, that just wouldn't happen. Mm -hmm. But at the same time, we can try to understand them. It's, It's a very basic biological process that half of the world population will is going through and will go through uh, at any given point in time. So I think that the more we become comfortable um, just sitting down and talking about these things and sharing our experiences uh, like we're doing right now, Mm -hmm. uh, I feel like the more it will become normalized and less taboo. And even the more we start using these products, right, it also begins with that change like it's that domino effect i talk about the cup you talked about the underwear gina Mm -hmm. um you know and so on if we just keep this train going and if we keep talking about it even if it's like the each one teach one principle right even if one person made uh you know a consideration for for the switch uh, to more sustainable products, I think that's when they start becoming more accessible and the demand would increase. And now we see that on the market, there's a $6 cup. Yeah. It's already happened. Mm-hmm. It's great, yeah. Right? And I think this is what we really need. We need more companies to understand that the more accessible these products can become, even economically, mm-hmm. the, the more uh, impact we can create. Absolutely. And I think it just, it also brings so much awareness to your body when you're learning how to use certain products in a certain way, Mm -hmm. you know, like a pad is very much like, don't think just catches the blood. Like you don't, it's like, you just put it in there, you move on. And I feel like with tampons, menstrual cups, like you really have to get to know your body. And I do think that's a huge Mm -hmm. missing piece to this whole equation is that it's not talked about. And it's like, Shut the door. You'll figure it out. Here it is. Best of luck. You know, and it's like when Mm -hmm. as opposed to like really getting to know, you know, touching yourself and getting to know where everything has to go. (laughs) Yeah. I mean, you uh, I was talking to a friend. She did high school in Texas. I didn't. So Mm. uh, she just told me and I was shocked that they never learned about menstruation in their school. Yeah. Growing Mm. up. I mean, that is just shocking to me. If you don't talk about these things uh, with your peers or in your school, if you don't have somebody who is, you know, not just your family member, because I think that's where most of menstrual education ends up happening mm-hmm. is at home um, with your family. And then if that doesn't happen either, because I know many family members are not going to talk about this, yeah. even if it's your own mom. Mm-hmm. Right. Uh, I mean, where do you get this education from? Yeah. Right. You get it from your peers, maybe if they talk about it. But what if they don't talk about it? Or yeah. their information just isn't true either. You know, it's like so exactly. much of reproductive health and sexual right. health. We do get that right. education from our peers, but it's like things they've made up or heard in the wrong way. And, so and then you're like 30 based. and you're like, oh, my God, that's not even true. <laughs> I can't get pregnant every day. Yeah. yeah it's like little, little things oh, like that. And the, the best one is, don't you think the menstrual cup, like what if it gets lost or what if my tampon Where gets is it lost go? somewhere? Like- yeah. No, it's so true. Right? And I'm the oldest of, I'm the oldest of five kids. And so I was the first to go through 
all like everything, everything. in my house, <laughs> most things. And I didn't talk to my, like my sisters, my youngest, my, my younger sister right below me. Like we didn't really talk about this stuff when, you know, before we had periods. Now we do all the time. Um, there's four girls and we're just nonstop talking about it. Um, but I actually, and hi mom, I know you're listening. And I just like, I, when I got my period for the first time, I didn't tell my mom because I was embarrassed and I didn't know how to. And I told Mm -hmm. my best friend at the time and her mother, they kind of were like more out and open with this stuff in their house. And it's something I still regret to this day. Like it makes me so sad because I'll never forget the look on my mom's face when she was like, why didn't you tell me? And I was like, I'm so embarrassed. I don't know. And I like, I still like, I will never forget that memory. And I'm like, I should have told her. I wish I could have told her. And it was just so hard for me to talk about at that age that like in my in my house with my girls like i'm really conscious about just like normalizing the experience and talking about it all the time i leave period products around and <laughs> like let them ask questions and i answer all of it and yeah um, all of my kids have seen me insert period products yeah. Um, because I just think it's like, it's so important to not have this big mystery, you yeah, know, absolutely. cause then it becomes scary. I've, I've heard mm-hmm. stories of people who got their period and thought they were dying because oh, you're yeah. bleeding, you yeah. know? And so yeah, it really can, can be really intense. It can. And for all the people listening with toddlers, tampons is a really great interactive toy. Yes, they are. <laughs> my- <laughs> in some water in the sink, they'll, they'll have fun for a while and Seriously. you'll be able to change your own tampon. <laughs> my oldest, she would play with them forever to the point where like, I had to cut it off because I'd be like, okay, it's like, expensive. It's expensive. I'm going to need that. And this was before like I was like using the cup all the time. Uh, but she loved playing with tampons and dissecting them and sticking pads everywhere. It was just really hilarious to watch. <laughs> I've heard many friends uh, talking about using cups and then, uh, you know, their kids are like, oh, yeah, I'm going to try and stick it in like mommy. Did. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. No, I mean, yeah. and it's like, I, you know, I like my my daughter is like, you know, a couple of years away from getting her period and she's like deciding which products she wants to use. And I love mm-hmm. that because for me, I was like, we had pads in our house and that's what I used. And it wasn't until much mm-hmm. later in my life where I was like, I'm going to try something different because um, my friends were using different things. But I love that we have these options now. And, um, I love that we can think about it in a different way. Like I see the cup and the underwear as something that's so easy. I don't have to think about going out Mm -hmm. to the store and buying anything in the middle of the night if I don't have it. Um, actually one crazy funny story when I was in high school, I got my period. It was in the middle of the night. We had no pads or tampons in the house. So my mom and I got in the car to go drive, to get something at the 24 hour store. And we hit a dog in the middle of the night. (laughs) It was awful. We were just driving and a dog, actually, to be fair, I should say the dog actually was running away from its house and kind of ran into the side of our car. Dog was totally fine. We got out and we had to help the dog and we brought the dog home and the, the family was like... What were you doing? <laughs> not no, the family was not very friendly to the dog and kind of didn't want the dog. Oh. So we like had to have conversations with them. It was a horrible, horrible experience. But you're like, that was all because oh, I had no. no period products. All because I needed a pad. I know. So right? now I'm like, I don't need to go out in the middle of the night and drive and find pads and tampons. It's there. And so like putting the cost aside, there's that ease, right? Um mm-hmm. but I do think it's important now that we talk about it in this like like this eco-friendly way, right? That's going to like help our planet. So you have this amazing thing, this calculator that helps people figure out how much money they're spending and how much like Mm -hmm. product over time they're using, what they're contributing to the earth dying. <laughs> just like, mm-hmm. how do you, how would you, how so would you dramatic, do- <laughs> but it's true. <laughs> I know. I'm just trying to be we silly. We actually, yeah, we actually have a Saturn um, face <laughs> on the, for whoever uses, yeah, you're not the only one, Gina, <laughs> for whoever uses a lot of disposable products over their lifetime at the end of the calculator. <laughs> and I don't, I definitely don't want to like 
bring shame to that because like I've used my right. shoe. I still use it like if I need them every now and then like traveling like of course I'm not gonna go travel yeah. with period underwear and like I, where I don't have it like anywhere to wash it so it's like right. I think everyone right. needs to use what they can and what feels right for them but I agree tell us but about awareness the, is yeah. important yeah and I would love to yeah. know more about the calculator yeah, and I think you brought up a very good point there. I mean, it's not about shaming anyone, right? Even if nobody has ever heard of this, um, I think more than just think, you know, feeling bad about yourself. I think the um, the real uh, change happens when we make that uh, consideration. Okay, this exists. Okay, now I know that there are other options and alternatives, and I think that's the whole point that we're trying to get across with the calculator itself that a lot of people don't think about these uh, numbers even when it comes to the amount of money that we're spending on these products over a lifetime of 40 years of menstruation and even when it comes to uh, how it has uh, you know wider impacts on the earth and then we're not even touching a lot upon the health impacts right, right. Uh, which there are as well of using disposable versus reusable products yes uh, so so anyway going back to the calculator uh, I think that uh, when when I did the math one fine day <laughs> on <laughs> menstrual hygiene day this was uh, last year this was in 2020, uh, May, when the pandemic had just begun and we were starting to think about all kinds of things we never really thought about because now we had more time on our hands. So I did the math and it was astounding. Uh, like you, Gina, I think that a lot of us, um, you know, started out using disposable products because of lack of information mm -hmm. and even accessibility. And I was in the same same boat uh, using pads for the longest of times until I wanted to uh, take a swim lesson. And then I was like, shoot, what am I going to yeah. use? <laughs> I can't just miss my swim class every month. Uh, Right. You know, when I am on my period, because I was going to get credits for that in university. So I started looking and that's when I came across the cup and it just changed my life completely. I, I used tampons in for for a little bit and I just hated mm -hmm. how it was just absorbing uh, all of my blood and how uncomfortable it felt. And yeah. then every time I would come out of swim class, my tampon would just feel super heavy and gross, yes. right? I agree. Nothing is worse than like a tampon that's ready to come out. That's like a horrible feeling. Or not ready to come out. Oh, gosh, Either end that's... of the spectrum. <laughs> it's not very good on that. You're right. Exactly. <laughs> It's so true. That's, exactly. Oh, that's like, it's like you have one good day where that sucker is like, I'm going to do my job and you can take me out. The others right. are like, oh, it's like razor blades when it's too dry. Oh, yeah. Uh huh. And then you have this whole TSS. And I mean, it's scary stuff. Uh, right. Yeah. Anyway, yeah. so uh, enter the menstrual cup. And I think that was a, a very big um, kind of a you know, transformational, like a metamorphosis for me mm -hmm. in a way, <laughs> mm -hmm, mm -hmm. because I just ended up loving that. Uh, of course, there's a learning curve to use it. Yeah. Uh, but then I, I started doing the math 10 years after having used the cup because I knew it was like a, you know, nice little secret. And I used to tell my friends about it, but I was like, no, let me actually make an effort to make this more known. And yeah. I've always had this little you know, kind of a nudge, something within me telling me this needs to be more um, known. There has to yeah. be more awareness around sustainable menstruation. And then I started researching and um, you have this whole plethora of reusable products out there now. Mm -hmm. And I was like, this is it. This needs to really go out there. And that's when I was doing the math and all of this. And I saw the astounding difference of um, numbers. So you you're talking reusable versus di disposable, right? So when you have typically a reusable product, uh, we are talking about uh, less than four pounds of a lifetime waste. Wow. And we're talking about <clears throat> uh, less than $500 over a lifetime for uh, using a reusable products. Now, when you do the same comparison with disposables, we're looking at 550 pounds uh, wow. of waste and uh, we're looking at around $3,000. Wow. wow. It's a huge difference. Yeah. 
So then uh, you talked about, uh, I think, Tara, you talked about, you know, data and mm -hmm. using your flow app, right? Uh, and this whole quantified self uh, movement that where you really get to know your body inside out and mm -hmm. you try to quantify uh, not just, you know, how much muscle mass or weight uh, we put on or we lost, but even the same thing with menstruation. Right. Uh, and, and I think that hopefully the calculator where people can actually answer uh, questions, it's a very easy, basic kind of a questionnaire that anybody can go ahead on our website on greenperiods.org. Uh, and there's a calculator section and take this quick quiz. And at the end of it, they can see how much waste and cost uh, they have generated so far, how much they will in their lifetime if they keep using the same two products that they pick. And then also we uh, decided to add another column with um, finances that if mm. you, somebody were using disposable products and they were to switch to reusables, um, what would the savings uh, of that look like if it was going to be invested at a 5% APR? over yeah. a lifetime and i think that's a very interesting number because <laughs> it's always in the thousands you have like ten thousand dollars of savings Whoa. in an apr account wow. wow that is amazing it is really fascinating and it's hard now these days with like you know social media um and how i i do feel like things have changed and like what options are out there there are a ton of menstrual cups available like just so many different brands now and then with period underwear as well. And so it's almost like you have your pick from like styles and colors and thickness and all the things out there that it's mm -hmm. fun. It's brought this whole new element of fun. I think when I started using the cup, like there was two available maybe. And I feel like mm -hmm. I just saw this chart recently. Um, well, don't you have a comparison chart? We have a comparison chart um, around uh, around the different options of reusable products. So mm -hmm. uh, we have, for instance, you know, you uh, your sponges, sea sponges, right? You have menstrual cups, you have reusable discs, you have the cups, you have reusable pads and panty liners, even reusable tampons, which are very, very hard to come across, but they yeah. exist. <laughs> oh, wow. uh, it's just crochet, yeah, crochet um, tampons that wow. you can find on Etsy. Uh, yeah, that's a knitting then, group. Uh, <laughs> yes, <That's a> fine. <laughs> you know, and that makes me think. I, I remember recalling seeing somebody who had like a reusable applicator that you could put yes. the little OB tampons in, or maybe like these reusable ones that you're talking about. Yes. I also want to go back to sea sponges at some point. Yeah, can you like, tell us about it? what the sea sponges are all about? I've never tried that. Yeah, so basically they're live uh, organisms that come from ocean floors. <laughs> so literally, we're, yeah, they, they are... Um, they're available if you go out and, you know, just look for them. But basically, the they're trimmed. <laughs> Get your scuba gear. Yeah, that too. Get your that snorkel too. gear on and go out, go out there. <laughs> yes. That's what you're scuba doing diving. in Mexico. One -on -one. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I came here for the sea sponges. Mm -hmm. <laughs> Just kidding. Uh, yeah, so Jade and Pearl is a, is a right. company that comes to mind. Yeah, okay. uh, for sea sponges. Uh, Gloria, the the founder, she's been uh, a big proponent of these sea sponges for about 40 years or something now, wow. uh, for a long time. And it's a fascinating story uh, how she kind of discovered sea sponges. Apparently, Cleopatra in, uh, used to use these. Oh, wow. So, yeah, they, they really go back in time. And then, uh, so... Basically, with a sea sponge, uh, you know, I'm not a, I'm not an expert by any means, but uh, you can keep using them for up to five years, uh, and you can just clean them up uh, every every after every couple of hours, mm -hmm. I, I imagine, uh, and then you kind of. Uh, you know, there's a special process. I think you use uh, tea tree oil or some mm. kind of baking soda to clean them, uh, and and <clears throat> you you put them back in, really. Wow. So 
Yeah. So so that's another option too. Uh, then you have your period under underwear. You have your reusable panty liners. You have your menstrual discs, which are now uh, up and coming as well. So there's yeah. just a lot of different options out there. Are there reusable discs now? I thought they those were all disposable as well. Yes. Yes, there are. Okay. Yeah, there are a couple of brands. And those are, oh, so there would be like a silicone bottom, right? Instead of like, right. okay, okay. They look like diaphragms. They do. If anyone mm-hmm. remembers diaphragms. I, I'm t- actually, <laughs> I'm too young to have used them for like sexual health, but I remember when I was babysitting, finding them in people's <laughs> cabinets and like just staring at them. <laughs> Did I anyone mean, else snoop yeah. when they were like babysitting and like want to know? What, no. Oh, I totally did. <laughs> I knew what every one of the parents I babysat for used not to get pregnant. Oh, gosh. Oh, oh my God. That's... Tara, beware. Yeah, uh-huh. Tara, yeah. babysitter, beware. Next time you're in my house. Okay. <laughs> I remember that though in the first season of Friends. They're like, Monica and Rachel are running around looking for their diaphragm. And I was like, what? Like, it's just that's super outdated. Yeah. No one uses those anymore, but I would bring it back. Now, as an adult, I think it could totally be something we could bring back. Because if people are using like menstrual cups, it's inserted the same way. It is. It really is. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And it doesn't suction. So that's another thing for people who are like queasy with the whole like, oh gosh, what if it never comes out? Like, you know, um, and then... Also, the other plus of sea sponges and uh, menstrual discs is that uh, they're also beneficial for menstrual intercourse. Right. So that's one. That is what I have. I (laughs) I did try the disposable. um, What are they called? Like the rings, um, the disc. And I was trying to think I was trying to remember the brand that I tried and they were great. It's like super sexy Mm -hmm. branding and it like was a really great product. But for me, it would like hook around my cervix when I took it out. And I was like, oh, no, 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 no. Like it did not feel good when I tried to get it out. Yeah. Um, Anything close to your cervix would not feel good. <laughs> no. And I was just um, but I, I think that was like a big part of their um, marketing with this product is that it's like n- not messy. You can have like not messy sex mm-hmm. on your period, which I thought was interesting. Mm-hmm. That's funny. We all stopped. I'll tell you, I will say, I'm sure this is not everyone's experience, but I've never had a guy not like care. Right. If you have your period, it doesn't matter if you're willing to have sex, they want to have sex. So yeah, just saying that. Yeah, I think I, but I, there, there lies this, like, you know, we enter that with the stigma attached to it, right. That like someone's going to care that we're bleeding. Meanwhile, people don't, most people I would say don't care. I have had the same experience as you, Tara. And it's a good way to break down the taboos and the stigmas attached to it. Mm -hmm. We're just like throw a towel down and have fun. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I think a good indicator if someone's dating and looking for a potential partner or whatever is like (laughs) how what is their reaction to like, you know, if you were to talk about periods or if you were to talk about period sex and, you know, if you are the kind of person that would love that kind of thing and right. who would love to have it. I mean, and if they don't, then yeah, maybe that's a factor. Yeah. Right. <laughs> yeah. It's a good kind of um, eye into like how they would be during childbirth. That's where True. my mind went to like, yeah. you know, how much can mm-hmm. this person really meet you where you are? Are these new questions on yeah. dating apps? Do I, you have period sex? I know. <laughs> <laughs> Oh I love God. that. <laughs> Tell <laughs> us about the data yeah. analysis you just did. Okay, so <clears throat> drum roll. <laughs> we have had <laughs> we've had only um, you know it's about two months of data uh, since we launched, and we're looking at about two hundred uh, questionnaires with the calculator. And what we found out was that uh, lifetime waste for across all categories. We kind of added up what people's results were when they took the quiz and we're looking at 70,300 kilograms in lifetime waste across the board for only 200 people wow yeah so that comes down then to um, average waste uh, for if somebody was only using disposable products to 676 kilograms 
are oh almost fifteen hundred pounds. Yeah, and if somebody was only using reusable on average, uh, we we did the average for whoever took the calculator um, questionnaire, and it came out to be one point six kilograms or three point five pounds. Wow! Jeez. And were so, you surprised by this data? It was expected. It was like you're like no. That's yeah. why I do this. <laughs> actually, actually, I was surprised with disposable data because it was much higher than yeah. what uh, the estimated uh, top end of uh, the the uh, what we were thinking was because we had come out. We were thinking it was going to be five hundred and fifty kilograms. So this ended up being a hundred kilograms more than what wow. we were expecting. So disposables are worse than what we think. <laughs> yeah, and then. If somebody uses a combination, this is where it gets interesting because we allow people to choose up to two products in our calculator quiz because that's what usually ends up happening. Like Gina uses two mm -hmm. products, right? Mm -hmm. So if somebody were to use both a reusable and a disposable product, uh, they would end up um, generating 162 kilograms of waste. So around we're talking 350 uh, pounds. So this is uh, kind of, you know, Meeting in the middle, if somebody wants to start out using a reusable and a disposable, mm -hmm. I mean, it's still not ideal because we are talking about, you know, one and a half kilogram versus 160. Wow. So it's still not ideal, but it's still a good starting point. And I think that's what we need to get across, that it's not an all or nothing kind of thing. I think with sustainability, yeah. uh, what they say is if a million people do sustainability imperfectly, uh, it's much better than just one person doing sustainably per Perfectly. sustainability perfectly, yeah. right? Uh, so that was the sustainable aspect of the uh, findings so far. And then in terms of the cost, we're looking at people who only use reusable products at $1,000, mm -hmm. which was expected. Uh, but the disposable cost was much greater than expected, which was $7,000. Uh, wow. Yeah. Wow. And then, again, meeting in the middle, if somebody wants to start out with a reusable and a disposable, we're looking at $3,000. Wow. So this is brand new data that we just crunched um, hot off the press. <laughs> it's uh, We are sharing this for the first time here on this podcast. Wow, that's amazing. Thank you for sharing that with yeah. us. And I know at Born Into This, you'll be speaking about data too, and just um, not only what you've collected, but why it's important, especially when it comes to um, like uh, women's health care. Mm -hmm. It's often not talked about. Um, so mm -hmm. yeah, thank you for sharing that. Yeah, that is really, thank you. it's eye-opening. And I do, I like, I, um, I want to make great change with this stuff. And I know you do too. And I also like, just want to say to our listeners that it's really fun to experiment with all of these different products and ideas out there. And it can feel really daunting and overwhelming at first, but find a friend, pair up with them and talk about it. And it, it makes it more like a, a fun experience than alone in your bathroom trying to figure out something that works for your body. <laughs> Yeah, and and see the thing is, it's not a one size fits all. Exactly. Too. Like you were mentioning about the whole variety of cups that are out there. Yeah. Um, I think that a lot of people struggle with finding the right one. I was very lucky. I found my cup uh, with the first try. Right. Yeah. Of course, the first few months, I still remember 10 years ago when I started using one, weren't the easiest. I mean, even now I get occasional le leaks, so it's not perfect. But no. what, what do I do? I complement that with, you know, a black or a dark red underwear. Yeah. So even if there's a minor leak, I mean, yeah. it's fine. Uh, yeah. Right. Uh, I, I I haven't needed to use the period underwear personally because I don't have a very heavy flow. So yeah. uh, that's also that helps. Uh, but I know that these products can have a learning curve. And of course, they might feel messy at first while we're still learning about them. But trust me, they're <coughs> way less messy on the trash can. And so we don't want to deal with those, with those nasty odors <laughs> or the right. dogs. The dogs that just happened to me recently at someone's house. <laughs> 
<laughs> I know. It's like yeah. they, the dogs always know how to find those things in the trash can. Ugh. Oh, man. Yeah. And not only that, I mean, going back to India, I think a big problem there uh, is that you have a lot of manual waste. This is completely unrelated, by the way, but you have manual waste collectors mm. and they are having to come in contact with um, these very uh, biohazardous kind of waste right, that right. comes from menstruation. That's a huge problem. Um, I don't remember the numbers uh, off of the top of my head, but we're talking about billions of kilograms every single wow. year wow. with a with a country as huge, right? Uh, so that's a huge issue where these uh, waste pickers are not using gloves uh, to pick trash, and then people are not properly disposing off of. Uh, menstrual products and uh, then you have even the UK where period products are being flushed down uh, the toilets and mm -hmm. that's creating uh, a huge uh, expense for cities to then deal with this problem and then eventually these products are ending up in the oceans as well so it's yeah. a very multifaceted global kind of an issue yeah with the waste yeah well, I so appreciate you bringing awareness to this and um, really changing the game with this calculator and just having everyone kind of turn inward to, you know, see what their lifestyle is like with this and make change if they want to make change. Yeah, the awareness that um, you're spreading is is really so important. Thank you for your work. Oh, thank you for your work that you're doing around so many different important topics uh, that really have uh, impact uh, on on so many spheres, not just menstruation, but with reproductive justice and health. So uh, really a huge fan of what uh, you all are doing as well in Born Into This and Lula trainings. So we like to end every podcast with a reproductive health game. It's, we spin a wheel mm -hmm. and it lands on a question that we like to ask our guest. Um, are you into play? Oh, I am all, I'm, I'm down to play. Down to play. Okay. <laughs> so we're just going to spin the wheel to get a question for you. All right, Zeal. So the question is, who is the first person you told about getting your period and how did it feel? Yeah. So my first um, period coach was my mom. <laughs> and uh, yeah, I... I knew about periods before I had my first period uh, because she had, you know, used her, she used to use rags at some point. Mm -hmm. <laughs> so I've even seen those um, and, and how she would kind of make those little pads with her little How did rags. the rags I mean, stay in the underwear? Like, was it? Yeah. So, so basically there was a big piece of cloth. Uh -huh. uh, that she would use for uh, the outer layer and then inside because my mom's mom uh, and her grandma were seamstresses. So they used to have oh. a lot of um, little, you know, little pieces from from the clothes that they would sew. So right. they would just use those little filler pieces uh, to kind of fill in the taco, mm -hmm. if you may. Right, right. <laughs> yeah, that was the lettuce right. <laughs> that went inside. I love it. Yeah. Uh, and the cheese and everything. Yeah. Uh, anyway, I'm getting hungry. <laughs> and then, and then uh, you would just uh, kind of roll up the taco and you would just put it um, in your underwear. Mm -hmm. and, uh, and hope it doesn't it fall would, out. Right, and hope it doesn't leak. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So, so that was how I remember. That was like one of my first memories of, um, you know, anything period related, right? And then you see the ads on TVs and stuff. Uh, I didn't have to use the rags because um, I was given the uh, period um, sanitary napkins mm -hmm. uh, to use, pads to use uh, in my first experience. And... Uh, I remember my mom like trying to explain me how to use it and how to dispose it off. Uh, and I just remember feel, feeling very uncomfortable because it felt like I was sitting in my blood all day long. Yeah. That was my yeah. my reaction to to my initial. A lot years of people of don't like that of, feeling, like that feeling of yeah. like knowing something is like there. Um, I've heard that from exactly, a lot of and just feeling this kind of moistness. Yeah. And, like, you know, like it just rubbing against mm -hmm. like 
your vulva. I mean, it's really gross yeah. <laughs> for me. No, no, I love that you It just felt like, really gross. Yeah, I've yeah. heard that feedback from people and not everyone feels that, but I think it's important to say it out loud that like, it's okay to not like that feeling. Yeah, everyone's going to yeah. have their preferred product. Yeah, and see, tampons weren't really an option back then because um, there's a big taboo against insertion, right? In many parts of the world. And um, I feel that when then I discovered the menstrual cup, I, it was something pretty, very normal for me by uh, by the time I, I did come across it. But yeah, when I first started my period, it wasn't a good feeling. <laughs> well, thank you for sharing your story with us. Yeah, thanks for playing the game. <laughs> thank you. Very fun game. Well, Zeal, thank you again for today. It was such a pleasure to talk to you. And we look forward to expanding these conversations at the conference in September. Thank you. I'm really looking forward to it. And um, I I am pretty sure it will be a roaring success. Mm-hmm. Thank Good luck. you. Thanks. All right, everyone, be sure to head to greenperiods.org to find out more information about Zeal's work and green periods. Also, head to their calculator so you can go measure your menstrual footprint. Thank you so much for tuning in today. The Born Into This conference will be back September 25th and 26th, 2021. It will be a virtual gathering of community building, conversation, and creative sessions, all exploring parenting, reproductive health, hormones, sex, and birth. Head to our website, bornintothis.co, for more information and tips.